So we're starting a series called Who's Counting on You? And the idea behind it, which we'll talk about here in a minute, is evangelism. And this is where we maybe jump into that. Maybe I'm now talking in Christianese language. Uh, but evangelism is how are you evangelizing other people? How are you spreading the gospel? How are you making the invitation? Because maybe like this, these moments at the garbage can, like he's talking about, maybe like that's somebody's only chance. And we could talk about football or the weather, or we could, or we could trust God and, and take that step. And, and we can all relate to, I don't want to be the super Christian guy. And I don't, you know, I hope he doesn't get mad at me. And I hope they don't, the neighborhood doesn't think this about me. Or we could just trust God that he's there with you, leading and guiding you. Amen. So we're in this series called Who's Counting on You? Ephesians 5 talks about this. It says that we are to redeem the times because the days are evil. But notice about the scripture, it didn't say that the Lord is going to redeem the times and, and God will come down and a host of angels will redeem the times. It says that we are to redeem the times. Now, obviously, it's God working through us and us trusting him and using our faith, but it says that it's on us. And God chose us to be his body and to be his people to, to finish the work that he started here on earth. Amen? It's on us. And that's not a pressure. That's a privilege. Somebody say Amen. It's like, oh, here we go. No, God has entrusted you to do a beautiful work here in our communities. That's a big deal. And so the problem in our philosophy and our thinking and in our culture, we're always looking for the next person to blame and the next person to get the job done. Like, oh, if only a candidate would come and make America great again. <laughs> right? Somebody say amen on that one. Okay, or not. But, uh, but we're always looking for the next person to blame, the next person to get the work done, the next person. But if we could just begin to be that work and the body of Christ would rally, I believe that the world would then turn its focus from the next thing or the next thing to, wow, look at that thing, the body of Christ that's doing a work and making a difference in my community. I'm drawn to that. The scripture says we are to arise and shine. Let our light shine. What is it? It's a calling to stand up and stand out and be different than what everybody sees. Amen? The word here, redeem, comes from the Greek word kairo or a kairos moment, which we've all probably heard that. But it means this. It means a window of opportunity, a small moment in time, open a second and then gone, a glimpse, a kairos moment. Because the truth is we're all on a track called time. There is no, you can't get rich enough to change time. Oh, I've made enough money that now I can control time and I can get my days back and I can, you can maybe do better time management and have people do things for you, but you can't go back in time and reverse decisions that you made. We're all on the even playing field of time. And so moments are important to God. Kairos moments. You have opportunities that we are called to seize. That's why the enemy has you so busy. That's why the enemy has you so distracted. That's why you can't even buy an alarm clock that doesn't like do 300 things, make coffee and get the, you know, all this stuff. Like we just got uh, a new air conditioner a few months ago. And, uh, and like, our, so the guy, uh, my buddy who put the thermostat thing on, it like has Wi-Fi and it makes coffee and it starts my car. And I'm like, what the world? It's because all of these things keep us busy. It really doesn't do all those things. You guys are like, he's rich. I can't believe it does that. That's amazing. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? We have all these things that, that uh, you just get so busy and so distracted. And so why? Because what's really important to God is what we do with our time. And we saw that in the parable of the stewards. He said the guy that didn't maximize his time, he called him a wicked and lazy servant. 
because he didn't value the moment of time. And so here we are, we, we get up and we say, oh, you know, the scripture says that tomorrow is promised to no man. And we say, you better get right with God before tomorrow is promised. You might, you know, get in a car crash and you might die and you might end up in hell. But the truth is right now for you who are going to live another however many years, tomorrow is not promised to you. What does that mean? That means if you don't plant now, you don't harvest tomorrow. If we don't make decisions and we don't pray things and we don't plant things and we don't do the, if we don't do them now, there's nothing for us to gain later. Jesus said that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We got to get in and we got to harvest. We got to get in and we got to start gathering these souls and these people that are hurting and in darkness. We got to be the ones to go out there and make a difference in their life. Amen. Yeah. So we're starting this thing that I'm really excited to, to, to talk to you about. For the next 21 days, starting today, we're starting 21 days of prayer. Go ahead and hit me with this slide. And so on your way in, you got this wristband, and it glows in the dark. And my daughter thinks it's magic. <laughs> and I'm like, well, kind of, hopefully, <laughs> through prayer. Maybe it's some kind of magic. No, I don't know. But uh, so it glows at night, which is a lot of fun. And uh, here's the deal. is Every time you see your wristband in this 21 days of prayer, I want you to, it's your reminder to pray. So when it glows that night and you're like, oh, it's glowing. Oh yeah, it's reminding you that, that we're praying about something. And here's what we're praying about. For the next 21 days, here's what we want to enter into. We believe that like this church hasn't arrived. We believe that there's more hurting. We believe that there's more people out there that need to, to get connected and have a church family and, and uh, kids that we can minister to and all these kinds of things. And so we want to grow. And people say, well, you're about the numbers. We are absolutely about the numbers because every number represents a person whose life can be changed. Amen. And so we want to grow. I love this church like crazy. And I love that this room is full, but there's more, you know, there's more, uh, people out there that we can reach. And so we're saying for the next 21 days, what if we wore these things? And every time we saw them, we prayed for your family member, your neighbor, your friend that you believe on the fourth, when we have our open house, your friend, your neighbor, your colleague, whatever that could be here that needs a touch from God, that needs their life to be changed, that needs to get connected to a healthy family and positive peer pressure, if you will. Somebody say amen. Who is it that you're thinking of for the next 21 days that you believe if you put your faith behind prayer, that they could show up here on the open house and be touched by God and have their life forever changed? And so that's number one, is this wristband. We're going to be praying for 21 days. And every day on our Facebook, we're going to put out uh, a scripture that we're praying together and that we're in unity together. And so that's first. The second thing there is that chair. What's beautiful about that chair is it's padded on the bottom and on the back. And I hope you know where I'm going with this. Uh, we want to get new chairs here. And uh, it's been really funny because when we first launched the church and everybody comes in and evaluates, you know, what you should do, everyone was like, poof, those chairs got to go. And, uh, and it, was, it was quite a bit of money to get new chairs in the beginning. And every time I would get ready to say, oh, yeah, we need to get new chairs. When we set it up, it looks like a pot pie blew up in here. You're right. We should probably get rid of those. But I wanted to spend the money elsewhere. And so we invested in the splash pad in Zealand. And we just did all these different things with that kind of money. But the truth is about this room is, and I'm just getting way too technical for our time, but your chair, it flares at the bottom, it, 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 at the bottom. And so uh, these other chairs here, they're nice, they're padded, they have a pouch in the back that we can put our materials in, and uh, we can fit more chairs in this room 
than with these ugly chairs. And so it's time to get rid of the ugly, and, uh, and it's time for us to, to, to get into the other chairs that are more functional for us. And what's cool for us as a church is we get to bless City on a Hill. So like, hey, we're buying these chairs, and we want you guys to use them. And so literally a campus, this campus is 100,000 square feet, uh, all, and it's about 80% full. And so now we get to share with all the other ministries, nicer chairs and, and all that good stuff. But here's the deal. So much more than just buying chairs. God said this to Abraham. He said, hey, sow in the famine. Abraham sowed in a famine, meaning when he didn't have the resource, he made an investment into something that he could not see. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know how this is going to transpire. But God said, you sow in the time of famine. And so here's the deal. These chairs, and I'm not going to get all Christian TBN and say, if you buy a chair, the Lord will fill your home with many chairs. If you sow a seed of 777, I'm not going to do that. But I do believe that if financially you're believing for somebody that one day could sit in that chair, that brother, that sister, that neighbor who's going through it, you who sow a seed of a chair a year from now, what would it look like if that person was sitting in that chair? Would it be worth your 30 bucks? Absolutely. So like, let's attach our resources and our faith to something we invest in. And so this month we're turning our one for one into what would it look like if we all bought a chair? And, but, but don't just think, oh, we're buying a chair because we want it to fit in the room better and we want it to be padded. You want a life to be connected to that chair. You want, you want to put a person with that idea and that faith seed that you're sowing. And so $30 for a chair, and the idea for the next three weeks is every one-for-one one jar uh, dollar you know, it goes to that. And so for a couple, if you're married, 60 bucks. Over the next three weeks, you skip going out to eat a couple times or $60, uh, I don't know, uh, Guys, don't go get a pedicure or something like that, and uh, whatever it is. Um, but, but think about it so much more than like, oh, we're just buying new chairs. Like we have an opportunity to financially push through uh, what could be life-changing to somebody, amen? And so we're praying. We're also attaching, like our, we're putting our money where our mouth is, essentially. We're putting our money where our faith is. We're believing. Uh, we're putting that in there. And then, and then inviting people is the other thing. Like crazy, we have to invite people. And uh, here's the deal. I don't go to all your workplaces. I don't go to all your schools. I don't go to all your things. Like the pastor doesn't grow the church, the people. Like the, so we can spend money on marketing and we can do all this kind of stuff. But people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so if we can be a people that you care about somebody and you're bringing them and you're inviting them and you're thinking of them, they say over 90% of people who get invited to church will go. Of people that are polled say, hey, if you got invited to church, over 90% said, yeah, I'd go if somebody I knew invited me. And the truth is about this room and everyone who's an attender of this church, for the most part, you could cross this room back and forth and say, the reason people are here or have made Vertical Church home, they believe in the vision, but they also have relationship connections here. Because it's about living in one accord with one another and being, you know, that's what God said in the beginning, hey, it's not good that man be alone. Same thing. You got to be at a place where you have connection and relationship. Amen. So we have tremendous opportunity here in our town and in our community to take the next step. We'll be praying for people to come to the open house. We'll be sowing financial seeds to see people sitting in a place where their life will be changed. And then we're going to be inviting people. We're going to be believing that God is sending people. And here's the deal with that day. We're going to be super conscious of people that maybe don't have a church background or don't, you know, have been out of church for a while. We're not going to embarrass anybody or make anything crazy for them. We want them to know that we love what I just said. 
we care about you. Before we tell you how much we know and whatever, we're going to let you know how much we care. Amen? And so that's what that day is going to look like. There's a story about the Second Cold War, Benito Mussolini. He was getting up in front of Italy, and he was going to talk to them about how they had to go to war. And he says, he's up there, and he's giving a speech about fight for us and all this stuff. And one person in the crowd shouts, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? And everybody silences, and they're waiting for the response. And his response was this, here's what's in it for you. You might die. You might lose limbs. You might never see your family again. But Italy will live on forever. Italy will live on. And so my thing to you is this. You're not going to die. You're not going to lose limbs. You, you'll probably see your family again, um, if it all goes right. Uh, but, no. but listen, are you sacrificing popularity? Maybe. Is it uncomfortable to walk across the room and invite somebody to church? Absolutely. Is it, you know, are you sacrificing these personal things like, oh, I don't know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a risk here. I'm going to talk to my neighbor, what they might say. But guess what? The cause of God will live on in our community when he gets behind that and supports you in that and we see life change. Amen? So take that risk. That's a huge deal. There's a story of Kublai Khan who ruled over the largest empire in history from Poland to the Pacific Ocean, from Siberia to India. And uh, we'll all think I'm making it up at this point, but Marco Polo went there. And, uh, and it, with an army to the empire to trade with them. And when he was there, Kublai Khan got a hold of a Bible that they had brought with them. And before he left, Kublai Khan said, remember, the ruler of the largest empire, he says to him, hey, send back 100 skilled Bible teachers. We want to learn the ways of the Bible. And years went on and nobody came. One person tried and then quit. Years later, two more people tried and turned around at the desert the church had it on a silver platter for them to the largest empire to bring the gospel, and nobody followed through on the invitation. And what happened was then Kublai Khan made the same offer to the next group of religion that came there, and now to this day, Buddhism, or worshiping of Buddha, is the largest, and all of Asia is then converted because 800 years later, we missed an opportunity as a church. I don't want it to be said about us. We got so busy and going through our emotions and doing all our thing that we missed a great opportunity to connect and reach people. Somebody say amen. What you do today will affect future generations. What you pray during these 21 days of prayer will affect future generations. I'll close with this. Uh, Maddie, if you want to come play. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We need more people in the game of reaching people and connecting to people. I love this scripture, again, from the message version. It's 1 John 3, 17. 1 John 3, 17. It says, if you see some brother or sister in need and have the means to do something about it, but turn a cold shoulder and do nothing, what happens to God's love? It disappears and you made it disappear. I hope that's not said about our life, that we get so busy and so caught up in our stuff and we're too nervous to, to leave an invitation, invitation card on the table or to connect with somebody, invite them, that, that we made the love of God disappear in our communities. I hope that's not said about us, that we weren't willing to be used. We need to be, here I am, Lord, send me. On your seat every week on your packet, there's a little card and it has our service times take those cards with you every week. We have a stack of them out at our information booth. Take those, be armed with those. Be little vertical church ninjas and just be whipping those things out to people. Why? Because that little card could change somebody's life. 
before we started the church, they, our church planting organization was like, hey, you have to send this mass mailer to all of your community, uh, just this little postcard. And it costs us like over 10 grand. And in a church plant world, that's a ton of money. You know, and, and they say, oh, you got to do this postcard to reach people, whatever. This is ridiculous. Nobody in West Michigan is looking for a postcard to tell them where to go to church or whatever. Yeah. All over the room, people are just raising their hands. Oh, it's me, it's me. People went to their mailbox and showed up here because of a dumb little card. So your little seat card, your little invitation thing, that you walk into Starbucks and you pay for somebody's drink and you give them a card and say, hey, you should join us on the 4th. We got this thing. Do you, and the kids are going to have a blast and they're going to eat a lot of candy and they're going to be so happy. <laughs> um, if we can do that, I believe God can show up and support a little card. God can show up and support a little Facebook event. God can show up and support you walking across the street and talking to somebody. Pray and ask God who he can connect you to. I love this. We believe the church does not need a mission, but rather the mission needs a church. Therefore, our mission is to fulfill the great commission that Christ commanded, which is go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. That's our job is to go into all the world and preach the, now, not like that video where you're saying all your Christian phrases, going to just loving on somebody and connect them. Hey, get a cup of coffee and da, 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 da. Just, just make that invite. You'll be surprised. Here's what we are deceived in our area about. The statistics are this. In the United States, the United States has far more church buildings than number of McDonald's, Starbucks, and Dunkin' Donut stores combined, giving the impression that there's plenty of church facility, that there's plenty, and that the church facility on every corner has enough room for everyone. But in reality, if the entire population of more than 300 million Americans wanted to go to an established church, including those that meet in storefronts and rented school facilities, half of the people would be turned away even if every church held three weekend services. So if everybody in America right now decided, hey, I'm going to church Sunday morning, next Sunday, everybody in America decides to go to church and every church in America went to three services, we'd still turn away half the country. Here's the latest statistics on our city. Right now, Grand Rapids, our metro, so where we live, is the third least unchurched city in Michigan. There's Detroit and Flint and then us, as far as people who don't attend a church. And you go, wait a minute, there's churches on every corner. Well, Grand Rapids has grown so much and there's been so much transfer growth and all this kind of stuff that we're third, we rank third in unchurched population in our area. We rank 37th in the nation in unchurched population. And we're up against like rough areas, you know? Our city needs God and our city needs us to connect and relate to people and invite them and, and connect them. I love this. The scripture says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you've received them. So when you're praying, pray with some desire. Pray, God, not just because the church has asked me to do it and we want to have a lot of people on the fourth. No, pray with desire that people's lives are changed and transformed. I, I, I get frustrated because people think, well, I need to know more about the Bible and I need to have this put together before I can do this. Or I can't invite somebody because they, you know, they've seen me do this or they know that I've done that. And you think you have to have it all put together. 
But people just, they want to see real. They want to see, here's how I would say it. I would rather have somebody with desire than somebody who knows it all and engages none. I get so sick of people that come in here and they know it all and they got it all put together and they're so holy and those are spiritual and they're da 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 and they got it all perfect with a perfect little Christian bow, but they engage nobody. They connect to nobody. They relate to nobody. You can be right in doctrine and cold in spirit. Somebody say amen. Let's stop worrying so much about having it all perfect. Like the video, I don't know if I'm going to, I might say something wrong about the Bible. Hey, I'm a pastor and two weeks ago I was doing a wedding and I was up there and I was like, uh, didn't have it in my notes. I'm just telling on myself and I say, oh, you know, it's all pretty and whatever. And I say, oh yeah, uh, yeah, we're here. And you know, God's desire from the beginning is always to be in relationship with you. You look at Genesis in the beginning, uh, you know, in the garden, when God wanted to walk with you in the garden of, that garden of, uh, Boy, I haven't got past Genesis. I couldn't even think of the Garden of Eden. And so I did like the mumble, the Garden of Hearing. You guys think it's Eden, but I'm spiritual and I have the real translation of blah, blah, blah. Or whatever, you know, like I made up some. It happens to everybody. Like we're not going to over spiritual and uh, total mind thing. And that might happen to you. You might just like, oh, you might accidentally invite somebody to the wrong church. Hey, we come to good for them. <laughs> I hope they have padded chairs because we will. But. but here's the deal. Don't get all complicated about it. Just invite them to have a cup of coffee and sit with you at church. Enjoy some music. Listen to a pastor for a few minutes and then have a good time. But we know in that God will show up and honor that. Amen. Won't you stand to your feet? So starting today, before we leave, I'm going to pray us out of here, and then we're going to continue to post the 21 days of prayer that starts now, and it ends at our open house. So we're going to be bathed in 21 days of prayer. We believe God is going to make the difference. Every time you see your wristband, praying. Uh, if you don't like to wear these things, hang them from your rear view mirror, put them somewhere where you're going to see them often, and, uh, and just be praying for somebody that you can invite, somebody that God puts on your heart to bring. And then again, starting today in our one for one jar, um, $30 gets us one chair. If you're a couple and you want to do two, obviously go ahead and do that. If you want to do more, go for it. Uh, and if you write a check, that will get added to your charitable donations tax receipt at the end of the year. And so it'll be accounted for in that, that kind of keeping. And so however it works for you, and of course we have three weeks to knock this out, but pray and ask God what he would do. Um, pray and ask God, you know, what that number is of a chair that, that you want to, maybe you put your faith into God. I want to see four people. Give me four people that I can invite and I'm going to buy four chairs or whatever it is. Uh, we're not here to stockpile chairs as a church. We're here to see something that happens in those chairs bring glory to God. Amen? Prayer team, you can come forward. Before you leave, if you would like prayer, they're going to be up here to, to pray and connect with you. But I want to pray us out of here, kind of jump-starting and kicking off this 21 days of prayer. And, um, and I believe that God's going to do amazing things, so much more than we could ask or imagine. He will honor even your little invite card and however you invite people on Facebook or whatever it is, uh, it'll be huge. So let's pray. God, we love you so much. We're so thankful for what you're doing here. God, we know like Ephesians, you've entrusted us with the privilege of reaching people for your name. God, give us a desire as we pray to see souls changed and people's lives transformed for your glory. God, I pray for all the people that may feel like they're in a pit and they can't get out or they're just stuck in a cloud or there's darkness in their life that they feel like there's no way they can ever climb out of God. Connect us to those people. 
that we can shine a light and be a light and point them to you, loving others towards God, as it's our prayer. In Jesus' name.